The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Good afternoon, good morning, wherever you are listening to us from. We're glad that you're joining us for The Career Confidant. This is your host, Marie Zimanoff, and today we're going to be talking about another great topic in advancing your career, being happy at work, all of the things you need to do to take control of your own career. So one of the hot topics today is how unhappy we all are uh, at work and uh, no surprise, I guess, that this topic has been around for quite a while, and typically around 60% of people will say that they're unhappy at work. Today, we're going to talk about a very specific group of those folks, however, our middle managers. So, study done and reported here in the Harvard Business Review a little while back talked about how the unhappiest of us of all the unhappiest of all are employees in the middle so of course there are some of you who are probably unhappy who are younger and just getting started and of course there are some executives that are unhappy but for the most part the most common common profile for an unhappy worker is someone who has a college degree, but maybe not a graduate degree, has five to ten years of tenure at the organization, works as a mid-level manager, and receive good performance ratings. So the, those sound like you, or perhaps you want to avoid that sounding like you in a few years. Here are some of the things that the Harvard Business Review found are making you so unhappy. So perhaps it is that your distinctiveness is not valued or appreciated. So maybe you feel like you bring something special to the company, and we all do, right? And yet that is not getting recognized. And of course, companies have a program, perhaps, that is meant to recognize diversity, But sometimes that definition of diversity doesn't include how we think we add different value, or perhaps it's talked about but not necessarily executed on. And so there's this idea that diverse opinions and diverse backgrounds are valued, but in actual practice, that's not what we feel. And of course, that happens to a lot of us. So perhaps it is that you're feeling 
yet your distinctiveness is not valued or appreciated. That was one of the factors in why people are unhappy. The next one is they see an organization as inefficient or ineffective. I almost feel like we all should get in line on this one, right? We all know that it's hard to be in an organization and see them waste money, make poor decisions, resist innovation. In other words, that they're, you're not getting what you need to succeed. You're not getting what you need to do things differently. I'm guessing that that is a very common thought in our group of listeners that the organization that I work for is just not going anywhere. What do I do? And of course, we're going to talk about ways that you can combat all of these things in our show today. You may be unhappy because you're overworked. This has become something that is maybe more and more true as organizations try to do more with less, that they may even say work-life balance is important, but the workload and that verbiage don't match up, right? There's an inconsistency because between what they say, that we, we want you to have work-life balance, and the effectiveness of the organization's ability to actually help you manage that work-life balance. They don't believe that if you raise an issue, it will be addressed. So many of you might be out there and you're unhappy because you can see things that are going wrong, right? You can see how the organization is inefficient and yet you know or you think you know that if you bring something up, it's not going to happen. You feel helpless, maybe even feel like your opinion doesn't matter. Which leads to one of the big underlying issues, of course, for a lot of us, is just not feeling valued or appreciated appreciated, right? If my ideas don't carry any weight, if no one's really listening, it's just this kind of big inefficient machine. Do I matter? And I just don't feel like I matter. I don't feel like I'm valued. That may be part of why a lot of us are unhappy at work. And this, of course, leads to feeling like we're treated treated unfairly. So not only may we feel like we aren't being valued, but maybe even that we're less than valued, that other people are getting opportunities while all we're doing is, is working. And there are some things that we can do about this that we'll talk about here in just a minute. But if you're noticing that other people are getting opportunities that you don't feel like you're getting, stick with us. We'll talk about some things you can do to change that around. At least try and see if there's an opportunity to make that difference where you are now. Your work lacks meaning or purpose. I hear this a lot from people. That you're kind of lost in a hollow job that doesn't make a difference. That... Maybe what you do every day doesn't have any meaning to you or doesn't feel like it adds a purpose to the larger picture. And a lot of times this is when people go searching for other work. But the challenge is is that that meaning or purpose doesn't necessarily 
show up just because we change jobs. So we'll be talking about that a little bit too today. How can you find or create perhaps meaning and purpose in your work? And does it, does it mean that you need to leave that job? No career or promotion opportunities. This is a big one as our world has changed, the career landscape has changed, and promotions from within have really become less, less frequent. And there's talk every year, every year there's talk of how the boomers are retiring and that's going to create all of this movement and all of this opportunity in the job market. And year after year, it doesn't happen, right? And you may be one of those boomers saying, well, I don't want to retire. I've still got things I want to add and are therefore feeling like there's nowhere for you to go because people expect you to retire. Or you may be below that boomer generation, your X or Y, a millennial, and thinking, my goodness, is there ever going to be an opportunity for me to move somewhere? It seems like there's a lot of talk about these boomers retiring, but there isn't any action. And we'll talk about that as well and how things have changed and what that means for you in your career and how you might manage it differently given today's career landscape. And then the last one, poor leadership. Interesting that this is usually the number one reason people leave a job. It's the, the reason most people are unhappy, that they feel like there are not good leaders above them. They're frustrated. They might feel like a leader shows little interest in their employees and never talks about development opportunities. And so we assume that that person is a bad leader because they're not taking the time to have these conversations. They're not giving, they're not having an, an impact on their team or on us in the way that we think a leader should. So let's dissect some of the whys here. What is that leader thinking? What might be going on in the organization that's causing us to feel this way? And some of these are going to come from uh, Liz Ryan article recently here, January 2016 from Forbes. And I think it's important for us whenever we feel like we're being discriminated against or not given opportunities that we think we deserve to really think about why that might not be happening, right? What is the, what is the manager thinking? What's the organization thinking? Because once we have those, then we can do some things differently. If we don't try to think about it from their side, it's going to be hard for us to come up with what we might do differently to combat our unhappiness. So some of the things that, that Liz points out here in this article, of course, if our boss gives us praise or acknowledges that we're doing well, or even talks with us about development opportunities, all of those things may lead to a request for money. And if they don't have a budget, they're not 
uh, ready to have that conversation. Maybe they don't have the skill set they need to talk to their boss about taking care of their team. There's a lot of issues going on there money-wise that may be preventing our manager from talking with us about other opportunities. So we'll talk about a few things that you might do given that might be a concern. One of their other concerns may be that, you know, it just is, you're just doing your job and they may not even know that there's something going on, that you're unhappy. They see your work, but they don't necessarily perhaps see where you want to go. They may not see the other skill sets you want them to see. This is part of our challenge if we've got our head down working all the time is that we do great work, but we may not pick our head up enough to be able to talk to the people we need to talk to, to be able to talk to the people who need to know what we do, what we want to do, the ways we want to add value. And if they don't know that we're unhappy doing what we want to do, if they don't know that we're looking for something more, they can't do anything about it. And a lot of us assume, assume that we'll get that promotion just because it makes sense or assume that we will get more challenging duties because we're doing a great job. And that assumption gets us into trouble for sure. So we are going to um, take a short break here and we'll get back in just a few minutes and keep talking about what your manager might be thinking that is causing you to be unhappy and then flip in here to talking about some strategies for making that happen, for having those conversations and doing some things that can make us happier at work. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. What makes great leaders? Results? A lasting legacy? Is it making a difference in your life or maybe the lives of others? I lead. The Leadership Connection with host Dr. Linda Sharkey will bring you the practical tips and tools to make you an extraordinary leader and by doing so, build a better, more successful, and more profitable organization. Our show is all about you, the leader that you can be, and the culture that you can create. Tune in to I Lead, The Leadership Connection, live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. 
Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we are talking about being less unhappy at work. So we've been talking about some of the reasons you may be unhappy. This coming from some research presented in the the Harvard Business Review about 18 months ago, talking about why we're unhappy, right? Not feeling valued, seeing the organization as inefficient and effective, feeling overworked, really not feeling, in addition to not feeling valued, not feeling heard, and in that way, maybe feeling purposeless at work with no ability to advance. And overall, of course, number one reason most people leave their jobs, we don't value our leader. We don't maybe respect or appreciate our leader, or perhaps they are even just downright bad. So some of the things that we can think about from their perspective Right Before we start to make any decisions or take any actions, take a minute and try to put yourself in their shoes. What might be going on for them? What might be their downfalls? As we've talked about, perhaps they don't have the skills to manage up, ask for things that you might need, ask for money, ask for even resources. Perhaps they just kind of expect what you do to keep on rolling in and they really don't know or aren't paying attention enough to know what else you'd like to do, what other value you could add. They just can't see where you're headed. And there may be several things that are causing that. Perhaps they don't see your impact. Again, you do things well, everything is smooth. That can be great, but if nothing is ever said and and it's never communicated why things are great, of course, in a good of a way as we can, they may just not see that impact. Let's throw another one on here that, that Liz doesn't talk about, but I've seen with a conversation recently with a person moving into more of this middle management role is your boss may value completely different things than you value. And if we aren't able to communicate the tasks, duties, projects that we do in their language, in their value system, they're not going to value what we do. So the example there 
to get a little more concrete is if you have a leader who's very focused on the big picture, driving that big picture, and your job is more executing the details, communicating all of those details and kind of how the project's going to work to that leader is not going to be something that they value, right? They want the big picture. They want to know how is what you're doing contributing to that big picture. And that's really all they want. They don't want all that detail. And so we have to figure out how to communicate what we do and how we add value in a language that fits for that leader sometimes. Of course, if we had the great leader, they would be the, the type of person that could see the, the value of that difference, that I may be big picture and you're detailed and wow, isn't that awesome? We make a great team. But the fact is, and especially certain types of leaders, certain types of organizations, that's not going to be very common. It's more likely that you have a leader who can't really see the value of that different point of view until you show it to them and relate it to them in a way that fits their value system, their language. So thinking about, all right, we've got these issues of why we're unhappy. Let's put ourselves in the shoes of our manager, figure out what, what might be going on there that I might be able to address. And then here are some things that we might consider doing for ourselves. And again, maybe some things we do differently to interact with that boss. So one of the ideas that we do talk about on this show all the time is the fact that you are in charge of your own career. What that means for you is that you are now required to pick your head up, look at where you're going, look at where you want to go, and have those conversations with people. This is new for a lot of you. For those of you who grew up in companies or perhaps grew up in the age where companies did that automatically for you. You didn't have to tell anybody that you were interested in moving up because it just naturally happened or they started the conversation or there was a career path or a career track. Those were the days, I guess. They don't exist anymore. Very, very rare that your company is going to be watching out for your growth. So embrace that you're in in charge because it's the reality and we can fight it but that's probably just going to cause more unhappiness. And so lots of the things that we'll be talking about here for the rest of the show really go into that idea. Embracing that fact that you and only you are going to be responsible for changing your career direction, moving up, getting new skill sets, whatever it is that you want to do to be happier in your career, it's going to be up to you. Similarly, the ladder of climbing a career is is gone. So this idea of, especially within a company, 
moving up any kind of a career ladder is is really just gone. So we need a new concept of how our career is going to look. Some people call it more of a lattice. So instead of a ladder that you're climbing, you might think of it like the rope net <laughs> on the, those obstacle courses where there is an up, but it's hard. Perhaps there's a lot more sideways. Then there's a lot of options in between. Again, it's our job to decide where we want to move along that lattice, sideways, up, you know, maybe horizontal in a diagonal line there. Whatever it is for us, there's a lot more directions we can go, which, of course, has some good elements, and it brings more challenges because there's not a straight path. There's not a clear answer for where we're going next. There's all these different places that we could put our feet and our hands to move along that rope ladder. And of course, it's a heck of a lot harder to climb than the nice straight aluminum ladder that, that you might put up to go, to go in a straight line, right? Perhaps you want to think of it as projects, and that's how a lot of people are talking about work today, that instead of having a job, even if we do have a, an employment contract with an, an, a company, if you will, that that's really just a project. And that when that project is through, either for us or for the employer, it will be time for someone to move on. A new gig, if you will new skill sets that we can learn, new places that we can go. It's not this idea of a one-time, one-life job with a, with a corporation. It's project after project. May end up being within the same organization, may end up being between different types of organizations. So think about how you envision a career? How do you envision career advancement? And if it looks like a ladder or even a path in your mind, that may be holding you back. Think about different pictures that you could put in your mind about that career. Whether it's the, the rope ladder, lots of different ways you can climb that thing. Whether it's projects, and you're just looking out for what your next gig is going to be, again, internally or externally. One of my other favorite visuals is the difference between a train on a train track, and perhaps that's a lot like your ladder. Trains going in a, in a straight direction on a very well-laid track. And today's careers are a lot more like an ATV, where there isn't a track, you're on your own, you're steering yourself, and you even have to have your own gas, right? Which might be those skill sets that you pick up along the way, your ability to market yourself, all of those are up to you. That's the gas that's going to move you around. And if you think you're on a train headed in a great direction, be, be aware 
because at any in any time really it can derail and will you have your ATV ready are you ready to cl climb that rope ladder do you know how you can move sideways diagonal and that's really our first challenge as an individual is to accept that responsibility and perhaps bitch and whine as we might need to as we're making that transition because we know that change isn't easy for any of us and that this puts more it puts more weight on our shoulders right instead of that train having someone in the engineering room stuck in the coal we've got to bring our own gas and figure out what that looks like and that is our first challenge then we can move on to some of the more specific and tactical things that we can do to be happier at work. But if we're fighting against an ideal that no longer exists, we'll probably keep banging our head up against that brick wall. So we're going to go on a break here for just a few minutes. We'll be right back and talk about some of those tactical, practical things you can do to be happier at work. We'll be back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Does your organization lack proper leadership? We're not necessarily talking about experience, but about how to face the changing dynamic of leadership today. Sometimes the people we lead know more, old ways don't work anymore, and the comfort zone just becomes too easy. Listen for Out of the Comfort Zone with Dr. Wanda Wallace. We'll show you how you can adapt and develop your leadership skills to today's workplace every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. 
Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we're talking about reasons that you may be unhappy at work and what to do about them. So first thing, of course, is to realize that the world of work has changed, that you're in charge. If anything's going to change, it's really going to be up to you. And that is all we can do, right? We're only in charge of us. And so here are some things that you can try to do to see if it can bring some more satisfaction where you are, or perhaps at least give you some peace of mind that, yes, it's time to make a move. And I will just say that if we make a move without trying some of these things, we may just jump right from the frying pan into the fire because most organizations are going to have similar issues. And if we are not willing to change and try something different, they may just follow us right to that next job. So there were a host of reasons that we're unhappy that were kind of around being valued, feeling like our voice isn't being heard. So simple thing to try, make sure you are actually speaking up in appropriate times, in appropriate settings, but make sure that you are actually being heard, that that you are stating your opinions, your observations. Otherwise, you may be thinking that, hey, nobody's listening or I'm not getting valued, when really the case might be that you're putting that self-fulfilling prophecy into play. You're not saying anything and therefore nobody's listening. So try it. Maybe at a meeting, sit in the front if it's that type of meeting. Make sure that you can be seen, be heard, ask good questions. Now, the things that this means when you're in a meeting is that you have to be paying attention. No cell phone. Do a little bit of research before the meeting if there's any way you can. What's going to be, what are they talking about? What value can you bring? May mean a little bit more effort, but it may be worth the shot just to see, is this in my head or is this reality that I am saying things, I am participating, and I'm not being heard, I'm not being listened to. So try it. Small little thing. Of course, you want to make sure that you're doing it within an appropriate setting and asking things in a good, open-minded way, not being rude or, or condescending to anyone else. Those good, open-ended questions where you're really seeking to understand and or pointing out things that, that you're seeing can be good ways to test that water. Are you actually not being heard? Is the organization not going to do anything with your feedback, right? Get involved, get engaged, show that you have the ability and the perhaps initiative to get engaged in helping solve those things and then decide after you do that is that the truth that you're not being listened to or that people won't take you up on your offers to make things different. Similarly, and this may go along with that, find projects that you can make a difference on. 
we all know that we're busy and there's a lot to do and we may have a stack of things on our desk, but here's the great part. If you are a middle manager, there may be someone below you who's feeling just like you are. And if you took the opportunity to do a project where you might add some more value, get some more meaning, perhaps get some more visibility within the organization, that might open up the opportunity for someone below you to take on more work at a higher level that would add meaning for them. We often forget about the cascading opportunity there if we're in the middle of management to take something on and therefore hand something off that might also solve a problem for one of our employees who's unhappy for the exact same reasons that we're unhappy. Those projects might show that you are going to take initiative and solve something or help solve something that you see as inefficient or ineffective. Or those projects might be something you see that could help you move laterally or diagonally across that lattice and get some other skills or experience that you need to round out your experience, to get some different perspective, to add some challenge to your work. What are those projects that are those opportunities that perhaps you've been passing on that you're too busy? What could you do to shift your workload so that you could take something like that on? Who could take that off your, your hands? If you're going to pass that on to an employee, great. My guess is that they'll welcome it. They may be busy as well, and that's a conversation you have with them. What could they take off their plate to take something off of your plate? And it becomes this, again, cascade of opportunity where everyone in the organization might be able to do something that they want to do because, again, they may just be unhappy for the same reasons you are. So that gets us into this work-life balance idea. Strange concept, often talked about, very hard to implement. The more time you give your organization, the more time they'll take. So think about that. Is there better ways that you could say boundaries, set boundaries? What could you say no to? How could you be in charge of improving your work-life balance? There's been articles floating around, especially right, right before last summer, right before Christmas break, around how people who don't take vacation are actually less valued in an organization. And in some ways we can see that, right? It makes sense. If you're always there, I never get to miss you. I never get to see what doesn't get done when you're not here. And if you're always there, I'm going to take advantage of you. And that's just uh, maybe human nature. Don't let yourself be that doormat. Set your own boundaries. I think there's a perhaps myth that those who succeed work the most. And I'm just not sure that's true. Look around in your organization. Is those Are those the people who are getting the opportunities, the people who are always there? Or is it the people who set boundaries and therefore their time is felt to be more valuable? 
It is a paradox, perhaps, but consider it. If you're always there, if you're always working, not only does that cause problems for your work-life balance, it perhaps is part of what is holding you back. Help your employees set those boundaries and watch even how you react to them. Those who set their boundaries, do they seem to be more in control, more in charge? Perhaps even more professional than those who are always willing and eager to do something and then they get burned out and frustrated and maybe even edgy. Change how you think about your work-life balance and who's in charge of that for you. For some of us, it's a very challenging topic, right? I remember feeling bad not going to school when I was in high school or elementary school, middle school. I was sick, but I felt bad for not going to school. That's a deep-rooted belief there, right, that, I'm, that I've been holding. And we find, you might find that it just isn't true the way that you thought it was. Of course, there's a piece to doing what you said you, you'd do and being where you're supposed to be. But we can take that to a, to a new level that perhaps is detrimental to not only our work-life balance, but to our career and the way that others see us. So find those opportunities internally where you might not only practice, gain a new skill, but also get some visibility doing what you want to do more of. Now, of course, that means underlying that, that you have to know what you want to do more of. What is it that you love to do? Right? It doesn't have to be rocket science or a complicated assessment. Just sit down and, and journal for that, journal about that. What have been your favorite experiences? Why? What do you want more of? Find those projects, seek them out. Communicate that to people that these are the things I love to do. This is what I'd love to do more of. And you might be surprised at what happens once you start having that conversation and, and taking the expectation off of others to know that, of course, you'd want those opportunities and outright communicating those things. Figure them out. Tell people, seek out those projects and seek out projects where you'll, where you'll get some visibility doing the things you want to do more of. Always surprised when people do that. And sometimes it's that they're thinking about moving out of the organization, but it can happen just as well internally. That when you really know what it is you're looking for, you can communicate it better. You can realize when those opportunities come in front of you. And maybe even perhaps most importantly, you can realize when an opportunity comes in front of you that isn't a good fit. Say no, pass it down to your team, and maybe someone down there it does fit for, and you can make everyone happier across your organization. Always realizing that, of course, if you're thinking about leaving because you are struggling with your manager, there may be people, people below you having the exact same feeling and opening up the door for some of those conversations may help in more, more ways than you can think. We're going to take a short break here again. 
come back and finish talking about our tactical and practical things that you can do to be happier at work. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. What does a visual workplace mean to you? How does it contribute to operational excellence? And what steps do you take to put it powerfully in place? Listen to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense to find out. Each week, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, shares tools and strategies to help you make the workplace speak at a glance without saying a word. Learn to work safer, faster, better, and at far less cost no matter what business you're in. Tune in to The Visual Workplace every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we are talking about being unhappy at work, And we've talked a little bit about the theoretical or mindset issues that may be factoring into that. Mostly realizing that we're in charge. If anything's going to happen, it's up to us. And that we really need to be as clear and, and vocal, I guess, as we can be about asking for what we want. You know, and this is one of the things, I guess, stereotypically I hear men say about women, right? Well, they they wanted me to empty the dishwasher, but they never said that. They just huffed and puffed around the house or whatever it might be. And I think a lot of times we do the same thing at work. We're unhappy, but we expect people to read our minds or we want to do something different. And we expect somehow our manager to magically know that that's what we want to do. It's not going to happen, right? If it's going to be, it's up to you. If it's if it's that important, 
We need to figure out a way to say it. And it doesn't have to be a big, huge conversation. It doesn't have to be a big deal. It's mostly for us figuring out what it is we do want more of and communicating it in little bits and bites as we talk with our manager, as we see opportunities come up. That's our challenge is to be able to communicate what we want, to seize those opportunities, and to have the ability to let go of something so that we might be able to do that, right, without at further adding to our work-life balance issues. So a few other little practical, tactical things that you could do to be happier at work. Take a class. Here's the big kicker. Don't expect work to pay for it, right? Invest in your own professional development. There are so many opportunities through online classes, especially that are very quality stuff, whether it's Coursera or online classes offered directly through universities. There are so many opportunities for you to take a class for a couple hundred bucks. Invest in yourself, right? Then you're doing so many things. Not only are you getting something you might need, some intellectual stimulation, if you will, some additional skill sets, but you're demonstrating to your employer that you are invested in you. You're not going to wait for them to pay for that class and that perhaps you're more resourceful than waiting around for someone to pay for a multi-tens of thousands of dollars MBA or Master's of Science, you're going to take a few classes, add some value for yourself and for the company, and see where it goes. Now, there's a kicker is take what you learn and do something with it. Find a project at work. Integrate it into something that you already do. It doesn't have to be something additional, but show that you're able to apply what you're learning and show how it can add value for that employer. Volunteer outside of work. Similar idea here, only instead of learning skills in a classroom, go learn them out out in a volunteer opportunity. Best thing you could do is join the board of an organization a board that might need your skill set, whether you're in sales or in finance or even in a technical area like engineering. There's so many opportunities for you to add value using your skill sets or to perhaps gain a skill set, join a board and offer to help with their marketing if you think you might want to go into marketing out of engineering or whatever you're in right now. How can you add that skill set and volunteering can be a great way to do it and start to build your confidence in that area, help you speak up in that area, help you feel more confident taking on something at work in that area. And nonprofits are always looking for board members who are willing to put in just a little bit of time to help get them to their next level. You might find someone internal or perhaps even external to mentor. Mentoring isn't all about the person who's being mentored, right? Mentoring is also about the other person getting to share their expertise. Teaching is often the best way to learn. And 
you might build some visibility for yourself internally or you might be able to get some external perspective on other organizations, opportunities, industries by offering your opportunity to be a mentor. Of course, you could also find a mentor externally, internally. Be careful with that one. You don't want it to be someone in your direct reporting line. Perhaps it's someone in the area that you'd like to go into that you find and ask to mentor you. But being on either side of that relationship, whether it's being a mentor or being a mentee, can offer you the opportunity to teach, to learn, to share, to get a different perspective than perhaps you do in your day-to-day basis. And this doesn't have to take a lot of time, right? A lunch with someone once a month or whatever it might be that helps you figure out and get outside of the box you're in all day, every day. Helping others often can be a great way to reconnect with our sense of purpose and meaning. Going back to the volunteer idea, of course, help helping with that. And even doing it in the professional setting as a mentor or mentee might help you do that. If you are feeling like your diversity is not being recognized, this may be a great way to recognize that diversity yourself. Perhaps mentor or mentee, someone who's like you and underrepresented in the company in some way, gender, ethnicity, sexual orientation, engineer to engineer in a business world or whatever it might be. Connect with that other person in, and bond in your own diversity. Or perhaps find the person that's least like you in the organization and mentor or be a mentee from them so that you can cross those those lines, build that bridge between yourself and, and the other organizational leaders and perhaps help them see some of the value in your diversity. So whether you are really unhappy where you are and you're thinking about leaving, I would encourage you to try some of these things before you go. Don't jump from the frying pan to the fire. Or if you've already got one foot out the door, as you enter that new job, start with a fresh face for yourself. What are you going to do differently in this new job to be happy? How are you going to take responsibility for being happy by doing something different? And as we think about our, our worlds and our world at work, it really is this idea of leading where you are, being in charge of your, of your own destiny, if you will, but really taking that opportunity to, to communicate what you want, to build your career in the way you want it to go, Because those are the positives that we can reap from this new world of work. We can sit around and whine about the negatives. There's no train. There's no ladder. Nobody's going to move me. All those those negatives. And it's here to stay. It is what it is. So reap the positives for yourself. Take charge. Take control. Figure out what you want to fill your gas tank with. Build your own map for your little ATV to go on. 
and start building in that direction, taking on projects, external or internal to your organization, learning the skills you need to get where you want to go. Yes, it may sound like a lot more work, but I can tell you that if you build these things now, whatever metaphor you want to use there, right? If you if you put gas in the gas can now while you're still on the train, it's going to be a heck of a lot easier when that train derails. If you build the boat now, when it starts raining, you'll have something to row in, right? Whatever metaphor you want to use. But the idea is the same, that you can either do it now or you can wait until your company lays you off, which on average is going to happen to you every three to five years for the rest of your career. And you're not even happy where you are now. So what's what's holding you there? What's keeping you there? And moving externally may sound like a good idea, but here are some things that we can do before we start to make that move to perhaps test the waters, build our skill set, make ourselves more marketable, and maybe even in the process, find out that we have opportunities available where we are that we aren't thinking about. Love to hear other ways that you all are taking control of your own happiness at work. Feel free to share those with me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at astrategicadvantage.com. And we look forward to seeing you right back here again next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then. 